Welcome. You're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami Quirconi. I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hello and welcome back. I am getting ready to talk to you about a subject that again comes up when I am consulting and coaching with uh, wedding venue owners that are in the very, very, very early stages of starting their wedding venue business. Um, Some people I've worked with have a property. Um, They haven't even really gotten permission from the county yet or the jurisdiction they're doing business in. They're exploring the idea, um, trying to figure out if it's going to be doable. Uh, You know, a lot of areas don't actually have wedding venue businesses as like a, a line item in code. So they're There isn't always an easy answer when approaching a county or a city uh, with the idea of converting a rural property into a wedding venue business. Um, And so it can be really kind of challenging to figure out whether or not it can be done in the beginning. But one of the things that is definitely uh, a must do, especially if you are going to be opening up a venue uh, on your property, is you're going to have to understand the concerns and the needs of the neighbors that are around you. And, you know, it's normal and natural to think that if you own a rural property and your nearest neighbor is, you know, 500 to 1,000 feet or more away from you, that, you know, your property isn't going to really impact them and their, their lives. But the truth is, is that wedding venues have an awful lot of activity going on with them. And if you are looking to be able to get permission to do this on your property, there's a lot of things that you're going to have to make sure that you have understood and mitigated. And one of the best ways to do this, even if you're um, in an area where maybe you have a church nearby and you're wanting to do a, a wedding venue business that would be almost the same as like the church and its operations, Neighbors can either be your best allies or they can be your worst enemies. And my advice always when I'm coaching and and what I'm sharing with you today is you need to take some time, uh, you know, get to know your neighbors. And so what we're going to talk about today is tips for incorporating feedback from your neighbors into your wedding venue plan. Because you've been dreaming about doing this, you've got this great location, you can already imagine everything um, that it's going to look like and feel like and be like, and um, but it you just, you know, you can't wait to get started, right? And so the idea of actually going out and talking to your neighbors, well, that actually sounds like a terrible idea, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, Going in and hearing them complain to you, uh, having them tell you all the things that are going to be wrong, having them get mad at you even. Sometimes neighbors do get mad about this. It's natural to want everyone to like your business idea. And you just have that fear in you that if you go out and start telling everybody this is what you want to do, that you're probably going to hear a lot of complaining first. 
And the truth is, is yes, that sucks. And yes, that sounds scary, but it's better to know every reason they're going to complain in the future or try to stop you from doing your business and having an answer that solves those problems worked into your business plan and even your permitting process. That is a way, way better start to uh, to your business than it is to wait until the first call comes into the county or the sheriff's office to come and shut you down. Okay. And so Let's talk first about why it's important to go out and survey your neighbors and understand their concerns and objections. First of all, you're being proactive in showing that you care about your community. When you take the time to go out and talk to your neighbors, it shows that you care about them, that you're not just thinking about yourself and your business, you're taking into account how it will impact the people around you. And this can go a long way in building goodwill and positive relationships with everybody, even if your nearest neighbor is a half a mile down the road. You also get to learn about potential issues before they actually become problems. It is much better to deal with these issues before they become a real problem. And when you talk to your neighbors, they may bring up concerns that you hadn't even thought of yet. And when you're addressing these concerns beforehand, you get to incorporate solutions into the business plan, making sure that your business is going to operate smoothly with minimal disruptions to this neighborhood. It can also help prevent legal challenges. If your neighbors are unhappy with your business, they may try to take legal action to stop it, and this can be costly and time-consuming, and it's definitely not something you want to deal with. But by talking to everybody early, understanding their concerns, you can make sure that your business plan addresses any potential issues, making it less costly, that anyone will feel the need to take action, right? We reduce that risk. And like I said, you can get ahead of issues before going to the local jurisdiction to get your permit. Before you start your wedding venue business, you're going to need to get permission from the local jurisdiction, whether that's your county or city, and that means the permitting process, right? But if you've already talked to your neighbors and you've taken their concerns into account, you'll be able to present a more solid business plan to these jurisdictions, and this is going to increase your chances of getting the necessary permits and approvals, especially if there isn't like a section in code that outright approves the use of your property for a wedding venue business. So because a lot of these times when you're going to a a hearing, for example, a public hearing, they actually do have public comments right? Where people can show up and input for the record their opinions or concerns that they have about this business. And if you've already done your legwork ahead of time and you already know what these concerns are and have addressed them in there, that actually helps you make uh, make yourself look better, make your business look better. And it gives it an easier path forward to saying yes to you by any of the commissioners or council members or whoever's going to be involved in approving your permit. So it makes it easier and it increases your chances of getting your permit, but it also increases the chances that you're not likely to get a lot of phone calls later on down the road or complaints lobbied against you because you aren't doing the things that the people are concerned about or you've mitigated them as much as you possibly can. Okay. So what are the concerns that your neighbors are likely going to have? And please don't take my list here as your substitute for going out and talking to everybody, but be mindful that you're prepared to hear these kinds of complaints when you do go talk to everybody. And one of the biggest concerns neighbors may have with a seasonal wedding venue is that the potential for noise. I mean, right? Weddings are loud. And if they're held in rural areas, the sound can travel actually quite far, even a mile or more. Sound also reflects off of buildings and hills. And bass waves, you know, the thump, 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 thump. Well, that's a long sound wave. And long sound waves travel great distances. And so don't assume that there aren't any noise ordinances in, in the country either. 
In Washington state, for example, we have laws that regulate noise pollution, which is defined as any loud noise that occurs between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. And it could be considered noise pollution unless there's a noise ordinance that sets a different standard. So if you don't have the standard, well, then you still have to make sure that what you're doing isn't considered noise pollution. And so the zoning of your location can determine if something would be considered noise pollution, right? So if you're out in the country and it's relatively quiet and then you've got a lot of loud music at night, it, it would be easy to say that that is considered noise pollution, even if there isn't a noise ordinance, right? So industrial zones, for example, can have louder noises in residential zones, but R5, which is a rural residential zone, probably has a noise ordinance of some sort out there. And if they don't, then you can certainly get in trouble for noise pollution. So what that means is if enough people complain about your venues after uh, hours loud music, you can still face fines and restrictions even if somebody's trying to tell you that there's no such thing as a noise ordinance. And trust me, I hear that all the time. But the truth is, is when you dig around in code, you can find something that's going to regulate noise levels and activities, especially at nighttime. So don't blow that off. Another concern neighbors may have is impact on traffic in the area. Rural roads may not be equipped to handle large volumes of traffic, especially if your roadways are gravel, right? Roads also have to be a certain width usually in order to be approved. That's to be able to allow two lanes of traffic and be able to have like an emergency vehicle pass by. And so having a lot of traffic from a couple hundred people driving out to your property can cause a lot of problems for residents and guests. For example, can you imagine heavy traffic on a gravel roadway? That could actually end up making it wear down faster. And that could be a big deal, especially for your neighbors to suddenly have a rutted out road that they have to drive on because of your wedding venue business. So don't dismiss that. But if you talk to your neighbors, you get a sense of what their traffic concerns are, and you can actually work to create a parking plan that minimizes disruptions. Um, you also might be able to come up with a shuttle bus plan from a designated parking area or asking guests to carpool to the venue again so that you could limit maybe some of the traffic concerns. But here's something that's also a real potential, and that is for drunk and disorderly guests to trespass on neighboring properties or block their driveways. And this is a valid concern, as weddings can be these huge celebrations where alcohol is often served. But by talking to your neighbors, you can also create a plan to prevent those kinds of issues from occurring. And I did see this come up with a wedding venue out in Pennsylvania where there wasn't a lot of on-site traffic. And one of the biggest concerns the neighbors had was that guests were going to be parking up and down the street and that they probably wouldn't be mindful of blocking a driveway or parking too close or even running their tires up onto someone's lawn. I mean, those are crappy things to have to deal with um, if your neighbor down the road is making thousands of dollars on the weekend and you're dealing with all the hassles, right? Another potential that can arise when starting your wedding venue business is the impact on local wildlife. Rural areas are often home to a variety of animals and loud noises and increased traffic can disturb their habitats. Or if you're nearby a farm and all that noise could actually bother any of the farm animals that are on the property. By talking to your neighbors and identifying potential wildlife concerns, you can put measures in place to protect local wildlife, such as limiting hours of operation, which makes sense, providing designated wildlife areas, or avoiding certain times of the year when animal activity is the highest. It's also important to remember that your neighbor's concerns can go beyond the scope of your wedding venue. For example, they may be worried about the impact on local water resources, right? Like if you're on a well system or um, septic systems. They can be worried about the effect on property values. Imagine 
I mean, just imagine being a neighbor, your neighbor, and you want to sell your home, but you're living next door to a loud, disruptive rural wedding venue, right? That could actually make your property less attractive to buyers and reduce the market value of your home and property because nobody wants to deal with living next to the disruption of a wedding venue when what they're looking for is that peaceful country life. Now, if your wedding venue's business's negative impacts can be proven and measured, you could find yourself in huge legal trouble. So if you want to skip these difficult and probably, yes, definitely awkward conversations because your local jurisdiction already allows wedding venues and rural properties or because you believe that your property rights trump the concerns of your neighbors, you could be setting yourself up for trouble. However, it's important to remember that even if the local jurisdiction does allow wedding venues, your neighbors may still have legitimate concerns that need to be addressed, and these concerns can hold up the permitting process for you or result in venue closing code violations if you ignore them. Okay, that is my scare warning right there on why you cannot skip this step. Okay, so now you want to talk to your neighbors. What are some potential upsides? if you were to sit down and talk to them. I mean, they're coming at you with like, they can only see the downsides to them, right? But what are some positives you can share with them? Well, for one, a local wedding venue can actually boost the local economy. Guests of the venue may choose to stay in a nearby hotel or, or eat at the local restaurants and shop at the local businesses. And this happens quite often. This can actually provide a nice influx of tourist dollars to the area, which benefits both the community and the local economy. And in fact, some of your neighbors might be small business owners who could directly benefit from the increase in tourism dollars. So you might want to mention that. And here's something you could even throw out at them. If they've got really awesome rural properties themselves, wedding guests, oftentimes, they need a place to stay locally. And so your neighbors may have a budding bed and breakfast business that they've been looking at doing, or maybe even considering Airbnb. And then they can actually make some additional income by being able to have a place for the guests to stay overnight, since they're in the vicinity anyways, right? Additionally, wedding venues provide a unique, beautiful space for the community. Many rural areas don't have access to traditional event spaces like the banquet halls or convention centers, and your wedding venue could actually help fill that gap. Neighbors may still be able to attend weddings and events at the venue and enjoy the benefit of the property without having to travel very far. You could open up your space to a neighborhood picnic. You could have it available for local charities. There's a lot of things that you could do to actually make it a benefit for the the neighborhood or the community at large by being there. That goes beyond just your weddings, right? Okay. So how do you go about and get the feedback? These are lots of suggestions that I offer to my other clients as well. Because meeting your neighbors and getting their feedback can actually take a variety of different forms, including personal introductions is a a great first step. So some of my clients, they've started by just going door to door. Knock on the door, introduce yourself as the new owner of the property. You can explain really briefly your plans for the venue and then ask them if they have any initial concerns or objections. Leave behind your card, maybe some cookies, whatever it is that you want to do. But you just make that first warm introduction to everybody. Another way to get feedback, which I've seen done successfully by my clients, is hold an open house in a barbecue. Actually invite everybody in the neighborhood to come on out and visit. Now, one of my clients who actually has a 300-year-old home out in Pennsylvania, this was awesome for his neighbors because many of the people had lived in the vicinity of this home, but they never got a chance to go inside of it or walk around the property because it had always been privately held. And so this was a great way to showcase all the work, give neighbors a chance to see the property, and let them ask all the questions that they wanted. This kind of event can be relaxed. It can be fun. It can also just be a good way of building community in your neighborhood and goodwill. 
Now, when it's, you're planning something like this, like an open house or a barbecue, it's important to provide as much po- information as possible about what your plans are. So what you can do is have some handouts ready or maybe have a design board, you know, uh, put up with some p- pictures that you have. Maybe you've had some sketches done by an architect who's helping you out. A landscape plan that can show like where you're going to have the parking, where the ceremony site will be. Uh, maybe have some of the initial rules that you're thinking of coming up with. But anyways, you can provide all of that there. As you're doing uh, this barbecue, open house, whatever it is that you want to do, you can walk people around and give them tours of it and explain to any of these features of your business plan design, as well as, you know, educating them on, on what your property is like. But it's always important that during these events to be open and be receptive to the feedback, even if it's not all good. And it's likely not all going to be great. They may have concerns or objections that you hadn't considered again, and it's important to listen to them and address their concerns. This is also going to help you build trust, and that's a a bank account of goodwill that you may need to rely on in the future, right? If you listen to them, validate their concerns, work them into it, then if something goes in a different direction, at least they trust you as as their neighbor and their business owner, okay? So in addition to personal introductions and open houses, other ways to get feedback would be holding community meetings or a town hall style event. Have everybody come out, just have them sit in chairs, light hors d'oeuvres, tell them about your plans, answer any questions they have. You could also create an online survey. You could create a social media group for the neighborhood. You can do it in a lot of different ways, especially if people want to have an avenue to provide more anonymous feedback because they're not the types of people that are comfortable with speaking up in, in public in front of other people. All right. So finally, what are some important things that you do need to remember as you're going through this entirely daunting process? Well, one is be respectful and be friendly. When you approach your neighbors, just introduce yourself, explain what you're thinking about starting that wedding venue business, ask them if they have a few minutes to talk and if they have any concerns. Listen to what they have to say and do your best to not get defensive or argumentative, right? When they tell you that they want to do this, don't pop back off and, you know, with the that doesn't matter or this is what your idea. Act like you've heard it for the very first time, even if it's the 10th time that your neighbors have told you that, right? Validation. That's one way that we can actually head off a lot of actual personal misunderstandings and arguments is to just be willing to sit and listen, okay? And and don't judge it right away. Um, I always like to think like, maybe I don't agree with it right now, but after a while, if I sit and reflect on what someone's told me, there's usually a kernel of truth or a kernel of something you can do something positive with in there. And so just be receptive to that. Go to these meetings and gather information and then maybe sleep on it and then come up with a solution or a response back to it later, right? You also want to be transparent and you want to be honest. Be upfront with your plans. Tell them what you're hoping that you're able to do. Don't sugarcoat or hide any potential issues. Your neighbors will appreciate your honesty and your candor. And it again, that's how you build trust with other people, especially if you don't actually know your neighbors very well, right? And don't overpromise on things knowing that you can't follow up with that because you just want to get them to say yes. That's deceptive. That's lying. And that's actually going to suck later on if they call you out on that. You also always want to remember, take notes and then follow up, right? Make sure that when you take notes during your conversations, you can remember what you uh, was said to you uh, during that time. You can take notes of what was the concerns that were raised and then follow up with your neighbors after that initial conversation to let them know how you've considered what they've told you and what your plans are to address those concerns. That follow-up is really big. I mean, I think we've all been in that situation where, you know, we've throwing out a suggestion at work or, you know, these surveys that we take sometimes at our jobs, and then you feel like no one ever does anything with them. Well, if you follow 
up with all of your neighbors after they've taken the time to give you their feedback, they will feel like really a part of the process. And that's a positive thing for you. You also want to incorporate solutions into your business plans. Once you've talked with your neighbors, you've identified their potential issues, incorporate solutions into that that plan that you're working on. Maybe you do need to limit the number of guests that you'll allow. And maybe you do need to make sure the parking situation is well organized and doesn't interfere with the neighborhood's regular traffic. Maybe you want to just do whatever you want and it turns out you can't, right? That's That's life. And that's what doing businesses in a neighborhood is like. Whatever the concern is, take it seriously and make sure you have something in place to address it. For noise problems, for example, I installed an app on my phone that actually measured sound levels and I could verify that at the music playing didn't exceed the county requirements. And so I would go to my properly line during the um, reception and I would measure sound levels. And if we were underneath the county requirements at my property line, I was assured that then the noise had less likely of a chance of traveling, you know, a mile and a half away up into the hills surrounding the property. And so I knew I was doing something to be able to mitigate what I knew to be the biggest concerns neighbors had and biggest complaints, right? So just took one small action, didn't cost a lot of money to be able to do that. And if I did have a bass uh, sound coming or, you know, and sometimes a neighbor would actually call because they could hear the bass. I'd go out to the DJ and take care of that, right? My neighbors had my phone number to call me and I followed up and made sure that their concerns were taken very seriously when they made it, um, when they raised it to my attention to address. So you want to communicate with your neighbors throughout the entire process, right? You don't just want to come in and do that initial meeting with them. Let them know how it's going. Maybe invite them back out to the property to see the progress, especially if you've been doing some renovation work. Let them know when your opening date is going to be. Give them chances to prepare for the business opening up. Um, It's important keeping them informed as you move forward with your plans. Um, Let them know when you're going to be hosting some events that they can. And make sure they always have a way to reach out to you if there's any issues, right? Hand out your phone number. Tell them that they can call you. Um, When you keep the lines of communication open, you can definitely prevent any misunderstandings or surprises down the road. I would rather have my neighbors call me to let me know that it was too noisy rather than ignore their phone call and then have the sheriff show up and crash a wedding. Are you kidding me? How embarrassing would that be for you and for the couple to have the sheriff show up because you didn't take the time to hand out your phone number and just answer your neighbor's call, right? Overall, I know I made this was like a Debbie Downer type of a a podcast, but this is so important to do and it's so scary and I understand that. But meeting your neighbors and getting their feedback is crucial in turning your rural property into a seasonal wedding event venue. Personal introductions, open houses, and any form of communication and outreach can definitely help you build trust and ensures that your business operates in cooperation with the neighborhood, not against the neighborhood. By working with your neighbors, you definitely can create a successful business that benefits everyone. Because it's important to remember your neighbors are your allies and not your enemies. When you work with them and you address their concerns, you create community and you create great relationships that benefit everybody. You build your goodwill when you can host a community event, or maybe make donations to local charities. But when you involve your neighbors in the planning process, inviting them to tour the venue or attend your open houses, you let them know that you actually do care about being a vital and important neighbor to them, right? That this isn't just about you making a ton of money renting out your property and not caring about who it impacts. Ultimately, and that's because ultimately, the success of your wedding venue will depend 100% on the cooperation and support of your neighbors. Because if you don't get their cooperation, they will make your life hell. You will have a multitude of complaints. Um, If you didn't get your permits, they're going to report you. 
right, to the county, you're going to get in trouble. So take the time to survey them, address their concerns, create your business plan that benefits everyone involved, make changes to those original plans. Maybe you do have to limit how many events you do or do your parking differently. Um, but when you work together, you can create a successful business that enhances the beauty and character of that rural area, and it respects the needs and concerns of everybody, especially your neighbors. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at WeddingVenueBiz.com. There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.